just to launch this conversation. This is our playground. They have spontaneous conversations. They don't plan this. I mean, there's actually something sort of spiritual about that. What's he do? He's a human being. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sexist feminist. We should be friends. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, people of all ages and flavors. (laughs) Welcome to the latest edition of the Robin Callie Show. I'm Callie Alpert here with my buddy, Robbie Kay. Good evening, my dear. What's up, Miss Alpert? How you doing? I'm doing okay. How are you doing on this beautiful New York City, politically driven night? Oh, is there... We don't have to talk about it. Are there politics (laughs) going on? It's definitely in the air, even if we're not going to... Even if I'm going to keep talking about how we're not going to talk about it. (laughs) Right, right. So the debate was on last night, the first debate, and there are lots of opinions (laughs) about it. And the show is going to stay neutral. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely... um, She kicked his ass. Sorry. Anyway, go ahead. (laughs) Just a little bit, with an extra little knee in there somewhere, too. Um, yeah, so much we can say, but you know, we're gonna we'll, we'll leave it to everybody else to form and you know um, and process their own opinions. But it's definitely in the air. Yeah. I just had dinner, um, an early dinner with a friend before I came over here, who happens to be a um, he does PR political PR, so he's extremely experienced and savvy, and has a very nuanced, interesting eye toward all of this. And he gave me some interesting perspectives. So um, yeah. The world, well, at least the country, New York especially, are, is whirling, I think, from the residual effects of last night. Right? Yeah. There's a lot of energy <laughs> going <laughs> on. <laughs> a lot of activity in the air. Um, so thank you for joining us here on talkradio.nyc. I'm going to tell you what the topic is in a moment. If you'd like to join the conversation, we welcome your comments, your stories, your questions your inquiries about the meaning of life, um, you can join us at 877-480-4120. That's right. So tonight we're going to be talking about a topic that's already been a little controversial just in our circles as we've discussed bringing it up, which is middle age, which is a term that I've never used Go ahead. What are you gonna no, say? I was going to say, it, it sounds like old people already. I know, I it's know. like when I was a kid and people said middle age, I think I thought older people. But when you said, I just feel like old people. Like, oh, damn. And then you and then you sort of look in the mirror. It's like, wait a second. Maybe perhaps that's me nowadays. You know, yeah. Like now. And you're like, damn, I look good for my age. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which I do. I am in complete denial and have sort of reverse dysmorphia. But we'll get into all of that. Um, complete denial. Um, yes, because my sister and I have talked about this. When we look at other people, like on Facebook or people that we went to school with, and you can see, you know, they look their, their, their age. You know, I'm in my early 50s. They look like they're people in their early 50s. Yeah. I will constantly ask my, and I'm, I'm often told, I know you are too, that I don't look that. Or when people don't know me, they tell me I look considerably younger and I eat it up completely unabashedly and I'll take it wherever I can get it right um, but so it's formed a bit of a denial in me about the idea of how old I am and what middle age means and my relationship with it until um, a few reality checks have come up recently which I'll get into which is sort of what spawned this topic so it's a term that I've never used really um, for myself it's mm. a term that I think we could probably agree is something we talked about it earlier with Sam um, before we went on the sh- um, on on the air tonight, which is when you're younger, it's just this sort of elusive concept that's in front of you, and the closer you get to it, the further it moves into the future, and it doesn't apply to you. It still kind of applies to another generation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then you realize how old you really are, at least in number, mm-hmm. and where you are in life and the different things that you're going through and the different things that are happening with your body and your mind and you think I'm actually probably past my midpoint mm-hmm. and in what an old friend used to say to me is called like the the back 50 or something it's a term that I've just recently heard mm. interesting yeah. yeah now what about have, what about how do you feel about the terminology middle age before we try to define it I, I can't even believe I'm talking about being middle-aged. <laughs> I know. I'm like, wait, who came up with I'm this like, topic? I still remember when I was turning 25, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, you know, it's like mind, body, and soul. You know, there's so many different ways that we feel in, in our mind, in our body, in our soul. And um, 
I know. I was thinking about how when I was 24, about to turn 25, I realized that I was about to be a quarter of a century old. Mm, And that's when I started to feel older. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized I wasn't a kid anymore and I wasn't a kid out of college anymore. I was like an adult, a young adult. And I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm almost 25, you know. And now that I'm coming up on almost 50, you know, several years away, but getting closer to it. It's, Don't rub it in. Yeah. Those older women in the room. You're right. But it's like, I, I can't believe that I'm even talking about that. And um, I think I think that for me, middle age means like I, I'm very fortunate. I have good genes. I have three grandparents who made it past 95. So I guess I am getting to middle age if, you know, if I go along the, the spectrum of, of the age of, of my ancestors. But um I think for me, it's really taking a look at my life, taking a look at where I'm at, seeing how um, maybe, you know, one of the things about being a life coach is I help people with their life, but I also talk about my own life and that's how I help them. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things we do on this show. So I'm trying to be as transparent and honest tonight as I can. And there's still a lot of things about my life that I still want to improve on and change and, and have experiences with and people and 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 you know goals that I haven't met yet so for me middle age is really taking a look at where I'm at like halfway on the journey and being like okay I've learned these lessons how can I make use of that information make changes and go on from here yeah so should we start maybe with the definition or just, I mean, not that I'm an aficionado in the definition, but I, you know, I did a little bit of research today just because what happened was we posted this conversation um, on Facebook mm-hmm. uh, or the fact that we were going to have this, this upcoming topic on Facebook. Right. And I got a few very um, strong um, comments from some, um, I think they were all, no, it was mixed men and women, but I guess the women's opinions were a little bit louder and maybe this, there's something to say for this as well. Mm-hmm. And um, all of them unanimously uh, despise the terminology and also um, and all of them around the same age and you know late 40s early 50s mm-hmm. um, this I guess was my unofficial random sampling experiment and um, all of them said that uh, they either don't like to even like I said use that terminology or that the terminology is sort of antiquated because it suggests that you get to a certain place in life and then you have an excuse to either sort of become stilted or a little bit um, you know more tired or don't try so hard or rest cynical. on your laurels or cynical um, and also wait I just wanted to check because I wrote, wrote one of them down more specifically oh do I have to put my glasses on to read it is that middle age to me that I'm not I'm fighting I'm not I'm just like my arm is not long enough to read my own notes right now I'm too lazy to <laughs> put my glasses on um, just that it was um, that it that it really is yeah, that that's more stifled, you know, that that somehow it suggests that some everything becomes more stifled. Right. And that you um you don't try as much and you don't spread your wings as wide and you don't experiment and explore as much. And we all know that that's not true. Right. But somehow that seems to be maybe what the perception is. Right. You know, literally speaking, what I learned is that middle age is or otherwise known as middle adulthood is considered um, unbalanced because everyone has a different definition mm. from age 45 to 65. Okay. So just as a frame of reference. So we fit in there. Oh, yes, we yeah. do. Sunny. So, yeah, but see, <laughs> I, I don't I don't know why it has to have, I mean, I understand their opinion and their perception of it, but I don't understand why it has to have a negative, perce- a negative connotation with the idea that we're just being realistic that we're halfway through our life if yeah. we're going to live this amount of years. And so instead of looking at like I'm done or I'm getting to the end, like what else can I do to enjoy life or what else can I do to meet those goals or make those changes to keep having a good life up until my 90s? You know, I talked about this on a show before the interview I saw with Norman Lear and Oprah. Oh, right. Yeah. And that dude is 94 and he acted like he was 40. It was just such an inspiration that even in your 90s, you can feel and you can feel young and have a good life. Yeah, I think, and that's what it is, and that's, I think, what the consensus was, is that it's really a state of mind. I mean, there also is just sort of the, um, I don't know if it's cultural relativity is the right term, but, you know, as 60 becomes the new 35 or whatever these terms, you know, these uh, sort of different um, sort of definitions change as we age, you know, grow older, like live longer, basically, and, um, you know, are healthy longer and more agile 
little and more active longer, then the number seems to, you know, move back. But I do think that there's just a perception in answer to your question that just is sort of a turnoff to people because it is a state of mind, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so anyway, you know, we say this with, a, as I guess that's our sort of our gratuitous disclaimer that, yes, we know it's a little controversial, it's a little icky, and I've always hated the term too. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that we, I think that this topic came up um, there's probably a few reasons. One of them probably most recently had to do with a meeting that I was in, um, a p- potential work uh, gig. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to at this production company that I happen to love and respect immensely. And um, the woman that had a production there, we were just talking, have a very casual conversation. It was a group of women. And she said to me, um, you know, yeah, I just turned 50 and I've never been married and I don't have any kids and X, Y, Z. She might have been talking about a weekend house she was shopping for. Mm. And I just thought, wow, that's me. And who, you know, who speaks for that contingent of people? You know, just to kind of hear it in that sort of tangible way um, for someone to say their age, who's beautiful, lively you know yummy delicious lovely smart talented woman um but i just hadn't heard anybody kind of put my existence every day into words and suddenly i felt this sort of connection with her even though i had never met her before that i wasn't aware that i needed so i think that's probably what prompted this is just the idea of getting this subject matter out into the open and all the different forms that middle age take right that one being a very specific kind of niche which we can get into a little bit more but well, and haven't we seen an evolution like each decade where people say, yeah, 40 is a new 30s yeah. or, you know, um, 50 is a new 40, you know, stuff like that. And it just seems like each generation we're, we're staying healthier longer, we're living longer, we're eating better, we're doing yoga, we're doing all these different things so we can have better lives and live longer to enjoy it. Um, so, you know, that seems to be sort of the pattern. But yeah, I just want to put a disclaimer out as well. When we talk about middle age, we're not talking about middle earth. That's sort of, that's a completely other hobbit story that I don't want to get the two things confused, you know, and if you feel like you're Gollum, you know, you're, you're probably not. It's just a part of you that wants to beat yourself up. And I want you to look in the mirror and say that you're a great person. Anyway, so yeah, I want to put that there. Now, what about me who has like no connection with anything you know with any sort of fantastical literature or movies or sci-fi or any of those references whatsoever I, and i gotta tell you i'm not a big hobbit hobbit guy i thought it'd be a good joke so i kind of threw it in there <laughs> but um but yeah no so i but i think i was telling callie before the show i think it's so great that we're talking about this because i think it's it's something where, yeah, maybe there is shame, like you're in your 40s or 50s and your life isn't where you thought. And maybe you did everything that you thought you should do and you're really unhappy and you're listening to this episode. Great. You know, we're going to talk about those things. We're going to talk about when things go well and when they don't, when the, your life matches what you planned and when the universe laughed at your plans <laughs> and other things happen. You know, that's part no, of getting to middle age. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know. So we'll talk about it during the break. <laughs> so we're We're going to head to break and we will be right back. You are listening to another episode of the Robin Callie show. Welcome back. Wherever you are in the world, feel free to call us. Numbers 877-480-4120. Join the conversation. Yeah, I'm in the mood for a caller tonight. Yeah, sure. Cough it up, people. That's right. dialing out there. Yeah, we're talking about a light topic, middle age. Yeah, somebody out there can relate. Exactly. I know, I was thinking about that. So tonight (laughs) on the Robin Cali show, they talk about middle age. (laughs) I was was thinking about this earlier. I'm like, am I really honest? I've gotten to a point in my life after all these tough steps I've taken (laughs) and I want more things still suck (laughs) (laughs) sometimes yeah sometimes they do some days they do so I wanted to talk about this idea that my friend Melissa brought out to me which is a really valuable idea and she talked about this idea that when we grow up In our family, we get attached to our family. And part of the natural evolution of being a human being is that we gain the courage to go out on our own and explore life and find a partner and find a career and and build our own family. 
And what happens a lot of times in dysfunctional families, whether there's alcoholism or mental illness or just a dysfunction of any kind where people don't get their their wants or needs met, they don't get a lot of love or support, maybe they're very neglected, they don't gain that confidence and that security to feel like they can go out into the world. And then there's a catch-22 because they stay attached to that dysfunctional family. So what happens is, is as they get older, they find that that is the challenge to build their own life and really experience the life that they want because unconsciously they're still attached to those roots, even though they may have outgrown them. And it's because they really didn't get what they needed. And that's why therapy and, and working in support groups and a lot of different ways where you get support now in your life is so important. Mm-hmm. And I think that when I was young, I always thought by 30, I'd be married Mm. and I'll have kids and I always pictured like two kids white picket fence that whole thing I grew up in the 70s believe in the whole Kodak commercial that's what's going to happen and then when I got to 30 that that's not what had happened and in essence um, I didn't even have ha- near the life of what I wanted but yeah. it really was about the way I felt about myself and so the reason why I bring up this theory is because I've experienced that myself with my own, you know, coming from a divorced family and, and lots of challenges growing up in that household and in that environment where it took me into young adulthood to start to get a lot more support to break those old patterns and start building the life that I really wanted. So for me, what I'm saying is I've always been a late bloomer. And, I was just thinking that expression for me too. Yeah. And we say it on the show yeah. is that, you know, late bloomers bloom large. And sometimes waiting to bloom can be a bitch. Oh my God, what a pain in the ass this blooming process is. Seriously. Yeah. Who could somebody listening get the fertilizer out? Something. Get a little more manure. A little more manure out. Um, no, I taught, and that was something I was thinking about earlier today, a little note that I jotted down too. There is sort of a, and pardon the French, but I do call it sort of a, you know, cosmic fuck is an expression that I like when, when there's a conundrum in terms of, you know, a timeline that's sort of a societal timeline or a familial timeline, and yet, you know, you're a little late to the party or different, you know? So, like when I think about middle age, um, there is something that comes with being um, older and more comfortable in your skin that's, that makes you, I, I'll speak for me, much more um, free-spirited than I was when I was younger. Mm. Way more comfortable, way more confident. And at the same time, it doesn't exactly jibe with the reality and practicality of things because there's mortgages and there's, for a lot of people, children and different responsibilities and um, less license to take because you're more uh, sort of constrained by the constructs of life. And so it's an interesting sort of, you know, I struggle with it all the time because, you know, I always say I want to go romp in the daisy fields, but there's responsibilities that I didn't have when I was, you know, 20. Right. Um, so I don't know all this to say because we're kind of we're covering a lot of I'm trying to like circle back to what you were saying. But I think um, it's what you teased before we went to commercial. Um, one way to look at middle age <clears throat> is for. Let me back up for a second. I'm going to reference the dinner that I just had with my friend because he's 54 and he heard the topic that we were going to be discussing tonight. And he said that he is in the most joyful time of his life. Mm -hmm. Um, Divorced. I think he was married once. I don't know him too well. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, his career is thriving, great friendships. And so I asked him, I said, why is it so um, good for you? Well, you know, he's in a good financial place, in a good professional place, in a good creative place. He's also comfortable in his skin. His friendships are more vetted down. So you really mean it. You know, you know what serves you and what doesn't. And you sort of get rid of you, weed out the things that don't um, make you happy. Um, you know, the sex is better, uh, you know, because for a variety of reasons, you're more experienced, you're again, freer and just more present and more awake and more connected to people you're in relationship with. So that I think applies to a lot of people, their sense of peace, right? Then they're circling back to, I think I can speak for you and I, who are still trying to find ourselves and in a lot of ways are still, I don't want to say cut adrift, but there's a lot of no man's land and us just sort of exploring and finding our way in a nonlinear sort of way. Right. Right. Um, I think that represents both of us pretty yeah. quickly, accurately. Yep. 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 
So what do you do with that? You know, I mean, I'm in a place now where I'm completely like, I don't have my, my internal world is very rich. My spiritual practice is very rich. I've had to because my external world has been really, really tough for the last few years. So the checklist doesn't exist Mm -hmm. for me right now. I don't have the partner to count on when I'm not making money or the um, career that's, um, you know, the career that didn't get stilted and I have to kind of find a new one because I got pretty edged out of my um, career on certain levels because of a lot of ageism stuff that I never wanted to dignify, but I'm finding it to be true. Mm. Um, And so, you know, I don't fit that happy, go lucky, middle age, I'm free and I've earned it and I've got my, you know, everybody's earned, has lots of money packed away and their kids are out of the house and they're enjoying a renaissance in their marriages and that doesn't, you know, that doesn't speak to me. Right. Um, So, and I don't have a grand conclusion <laughs> to this little tirade. You don't have to. You know, thanks. that's why we're talking okay, about good. it. Thanks. Yeah. Maybe you can help me come yeah. up with something conclusive. You know, it's just, um, it's, it's not, you know, the, the checklist is not there. Right. It's sort of really starting anew with a blank canvas and it's scary and difficult and it's misaligned with a lot of my peers. Right. Right. So my goal on the show tonight is to talk about my own experience, what's going on middle age for me. And maybe someone listening is like, Oh good. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to figure out middle age, nor do we have to on the show. Um, do you think I'm putting too much pressure on us? Just a little bit. So, um, you know, the reason why I bring up that family stuff though, is that for me, what you were talking about being comfortable in my own skin and feeling more confident than I ever have and being lighter than I ever have. I had a spiritual advisor that I talked to say to me, um, that when he first met me, I was like an old man. Like I had that kind of energy in my thirties mm. cause I was really depressed. I had a lot of work to do emotionally and I was weighed down by life and my past. And I just carried it around like Atlas in the world, you know, and I've lightened up a lot more where now I feel like I'm in my thirties, even though I'm in my forties, you know, so you act like it too. Oh, wait, thanks. Sorry. No, I do. I'm in a good way. I can be childish. So it's like, um, but it's like that's where numbers and ages I think sometimes are abstract you know again you look at Norman Lear at 94 and he could have a conversation with a 25 year old so it doesn't matter and I can do that I can talk to you know kids up to to people that are at the end of their life so I think it really depends on where we're at as far as what I said about that sort of mind body soul connection you know it's like the more I take care of my mental health the more I take care of my body, the more I take care of my spirituality and being connected to spirit and being grounded, like Sam talks about, um, the lighter I feel. And, and I don't, I don't think of age really, you know? And, and so that's really important. But the reason why I brought up, I brought up that stuff about the family is because one of the things that's been happening for me the last couple of years is that as I've gotten better in my life, and even though on paper, it doesn't match people I see on Facebook. And I went on Facebook the, the other consummate night. consummate barometer of joy, happiness, I, and glee. And I have to tell you something. I did something that I do not do a lot. I really don't go on Facebook a lot. When I go on Facebook, it's mainly for the show, to do posts about the show. I say happy birthday to friends, stuff like that. But I, I kind of avoid it sometimes. I, I just don't look at it a whole lot. And the other night, I just went, you know, looking at old people I knew from college and old friends. And man, did I feel less than. I was mm. comparing and despairing. And they got kids and they're in shape and they're doing this and they're climbing mountains and, and they've started businesses and making loads of money, like all this stuff. And just, you know, please, if you're thinking of doing that, you don't have to, you know, but it's all relative. Middle age for me is relative to Rob. It's, you know, where I started is not the same as a lot of those people I was looking at online, you know, and it's like, I have to remember that is that it's a relative experience to me. You have way better hairline than half the people you saw on Facebook, though. So here's a story. Here's something you that do. Now I have to say. And I'm allowed to say this. And for a Jewish guy to boot, yeah. which is usually the odds against you twice, age and heritage. And you're doing great in that area, my friend. I have to say thank you. And I'm so grateful to the genes that I got because I'm a tall Jew and I still <laughs> have my hair. And I remember I went out with a girl a couple years ago and she's Jewish, actually. She's from London. And she said to me, you still got your hair. You're winning. <laughs> <laughs> and then the joke is though for middle the whole middle age thing is you start getting hair where you don't want it and you don't have it where you want it and that's a whole other 
you know, that's yeah. one, of, one of those other yeah. cliches. Well, the you know, there's some setbacks, but you know, <laughs> you keep going on. Yeah. Yeah. Did you want to, did you have, did you finish Mm-mm. your thought? Um, I just also wanted to go back to what you just said about the idea of, um, I think that's a really important and um, beautiful point, which is that, Right. Our progression in life, our place and age is only relative to ourselves because we're all on our own ride. We're all in our own story. We're all writing our own script. It's very hard not to compare. It's very hard to not use your family, your friends, society, cheesy magazines at the checkout line, television shows as a measure of shoulds and where you should be. I do it as well. I know better, but I often am guilty of it. Mm. Um, I will say, though, on a good day when you're trying to figure out your stuff when you're in this place in life, I do feel like um, because ideally we're older and wiser than if we were going through and (laughs) used to be like a quarter age crisis or a mid, you know, midlife crisis is the other terminology that sort of introduced the concept of middle age to me when I used to hear people talking about that as well. Right. but I do think that we have more tools to enlist to um, make it a little bit more gentle on ourselves, to know that we shouldn't be comparing, mm. to heighten whatever spiritual practice we have so that we can get through it, to know that we're all um, you know, doing the best we can. And you know, I, 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 um, I fight this a lot with myself too, is I don't wanna go backwards. How in the world did I get here? How did yeah. this happen? How did this not happen? Because I have a tendency to perseverate about that. Yeah. Um, and yet the other part of me knows that that does me no good. Right. Because that never served me when I was 20 and really good at it. So why do it now? Right. So I guess what I'm trying to say is at least when you're struggling or in a tricky place or starting over again, which a lot of people are for a variety of different reasons, mm-hmm. you know, at least you can try to shed the part, you know, enlist the tools in your toolbox that you've worked so hard to amass. Yeah. And get rid of the stuff that never worked. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, definitely. It's a little, it's, uh, hopefully it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, I feel more vulnerable talking about this in sex. I, I really do because I think maybe it's a man thing where I want to come on and say, yeah, I'm at this age and I'm doing great and I found the girl and everything's great. And it's like, no, but like a lot of that hasn't happened. I'm still working on a lot of stuff. And it's like, um, this is, you know, it's, it's a vulnerable thing to talk about, you know, but again, trying to be a service to the show. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to tell people like, you know, how it is. Because again, even when I work with people and clients, I use a lot of the lessons I'm currently using to help them. So with that, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Robin Callie show. Tonight we're talking about middle age, whatever that means to you. <laughs> if you're 15 years old, don't worry about it. I, the, I've been having middle age, mid, mid, mid age crises since I was probably about 17. So, hey, I, make you, up your own rules, everybody. I'm so glad you brought up that term because I forgot to even yeah. mention that. You know, this middle age crisis or mid, mid age crisis. crisis. Yeah, and it's like, you know, maybe you don't go out and get the Porsche or the Corvette as a guy, but it's like, I think we do go through, wow, I'm like halfway through. Like, what, what am I going to do? with my life or how can I still, you know, have excitement and fun. So I, I'm a little discombobulated because again, you know, I mentioned before the break, you know, this is a tough topic to talk about on the air. And the reason why I brought up the whole family thing is because in my own personal life, what I found was that in the last couple of years, I've really taken more distance from my family emotionally because I realized that I've been very focused on them and what they think and their opinion and their belief system and how they feel my life should be or should not be. And they mean well, but I've realized that I needed to start focusing on myself more. And so what happened was that I was able to break away from some of that old pattern of being too codependent or people pleasing. And for me, it's been very empowering. And that's when, you know, I got a recruiting gig, you know, the show started to take off more, you know, just better dates, better friends, like just different things start to happen because I sort of broke that legacy of I'm just going to live my life for everybody else. And it starts with my family. You know, that can go into everybody else because we always transfer that mommy, daddy, brother, sister stuff on everybody else. But that was a very important thing for me that in middle age, I realized, oh, I'm going to change this because I want to have my own life 
and start really focusing on building my own life better. And I think it was something that you wanted to talk about as well, where people sometimes get caught up in caretaking or focusing on other people instead of themselves. Yeah, well, there's kind of two points. I mean, to the point that you're bringing up, and you know, um, we know each other well enough to know how much I relate to that, because that's the other thing where, you know, the timelines, a a personal timeline, and then the one that sort of applies to other people don't necessarily jibe. So, you know, as you get older, you do so much if you do choose to do work on yourself Um, and it takes a while to find a voice and to find those lessons and to break old patterns that aren't healthy especially in dynamics with your family of origin or wherever they were tested the most and yet that's at a time when your parents are suddenly getting older and you know then there's other challenges which actually I want to talk about as well Um, and you know sometimes it's not as timely to start exercising those new muscles and that new that new voice at least with the people we formed it with in the first place we can exercise it out in our lives you know um but i also it's a little bit of a different distinction you know i'm thinking of a few examples where um people are often very caught in the i keep using the word constructs but i for lack of a better one until somebody somebody gives me another word dynamic um, dynamic um yeah I'm not sure um but thank you. Let's really think about this, Callie. <laughs> Let's get the exact <laughs> word we should get. Because um, if we get the wrong word, we could throw this whole show off. Um, luckily, there's no way to throw the show off. because what? Right. It's already off. <laughs> it's already way off. So <laughs> we're already tilted on whatever axis we're on. Um, but, you know, I know people that are uh, very stuck in their the duty of their family. Whether um, Two examples I'm thinking of where it's to their children, which is a beautiful, admirable thing. And as it you know should be um and yet it's at the expense of their own souls you know it's at the expense of their own um uh, freedom to not be in an unhealthy marriage or at the expense of um uh, really working in a career that makes them happy and brings them more passion so again time is ticking by and there's a gravity and a sort of sobriety to um number and age and just sort of creeping up and mortality coming and all those things which can be a beautiful clearing and a great sort of um, mirror to really pay attention to yourself and the life that you're living and yet it's also like I said it's a challenge because there's a lot of other realities that get entrenched in our families in our you know our really our responsibilities to whomever our mortgages our pets our kids our spouses whatever it may be you know um so there's just a whole bunch of different things that are going on. Um, and I would say that just even in my immediate experience, I probably, you know, quickly just sort of kind of assessing. I would say half the peop- half of my closest friends are in places where they're really celebrating and relishing all the things that they've kind of earned. And they're at this really sweet threshold where a lot of the checklist has been checked off and the kids are now in college and they're living in their dream homes and they're having these um, sort of nice renaissance with their spouses and they're enjoying more freedom with the types of um, the ways they spend their time and spend their money. And then I have people that are starting all over again or just getting to a place where they're finding themselves or just trying to break through creative pursuits or professional pursuits. So, yeah. you know, really, um, it, it is a very individual thing. Yeah. Like said. Yeah. I have a friend of mine who um, actually I went to high school with her and we got together for dinner during the summer. And she was telling me that she had been taking these workshops where the theme was the story that you're telling yourself. And she started to really look at the story that she had been telling herself for decades. And she came from a really tough family (laughs) and lots of different dysfunction and divorce and adoptions and abandonment, all this different stuff. And she realized that she needed to start telling herself a different story. And so um, I think I emailed her, hi or something, how you doing? And she was telling me, we were talking about dating or something, because she had like a long distance booty call or something like that. And I was like, oh, how's like, that? How do you do a long distance booty call? Like, she'd, <laughs> well, I'm not, no. she'd have to, you know, fly there. He would fly to her. Yeah, you know, that kidding. kind of thing. Yeah. But it was all hot and heavy long distance. And so I was like, how's it going? She's like, yeah, it's fine. You know, and, and then she was talking about dating. And she said she's looking for a partner that she can share the second half and best part of her life with. Mm. So instead of looking at the second half of her life as, oh, she's getting older, she's like, no, no, this is going to be the best part. And that's like the new story that she's telling herself. Mm. So just a great example about, you know, it's all in our perspective, how we look at something. Yeah. Isn't that sort of what Sam was saying during the break? Weren't you kind of 
kind of to that capa- to that 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 um kind of direction which is you can look at things if with the, if you have the right kind of perspective it can be that um the things that you haven't quite achieved or gotten to yet are the things you still have to look forward to yeah which is a really nice way to put it and again it all comes down to the spin and the and the perspective yeah but it's hard you know it's it, a challenge yeah you know yeah because like before we get to that because i do want to talk about that you know being inspired and things like that um it there is a challenge with the shame or the beating ourselves up that we feel like we should be somebody else we should be doing something else we should be further along all the shoulds that you know we use to to hold ourselves back instead of being like you know what? i've done the best i can and from where i started i'm doing pretty good yeah Um, you know, but I can speak for me. Like sometimes what keeps me up in the middle of the night is the fear that I know better than to have, but it comes and creeps in and and gets to me, which is, wow, because I might be behind the curve in a certain facet. Um, it's, you know, I, I wonder how I'm going to play catch up for, you know, in a variety of ways when Mm -hmm. it comes, you know, to have a certain amount of years with somebody in a relationship, ideally, or to be prepared for retirement or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, but like Sam just aptly whispered in my ear here again that and you're right. And it's really good to pay attention to that. All of these things are stories we tell ourselves. So if I'm going to continue to say something's a challenge, you're right. Then suddenly I'm going to subscribe to the story that it's a challenge. So thank you for calling that out. Sam. Mm. That's why we like being here with you. Yeah. Get free therapy and the whole thing. Um, You know, there's also being in the middle, you know, this time of life, if you're lucky enough to have your parents on the planet, um, the aging parents thing is a whole ride in and of itself. I mean, you know, I've just seen everybody, you know, I've so many people go through it. A lot of people around me are at different um, stages of it. Um, You know, obviously watching it with my you know parents who are still, thank God, both here um, getting older and just the different ways that they shift and change and thoughts and body and all that. And it's, um, you know, it uh, again, it's it's a little it feels like a conundrum because as I'm trying to get my own sea legs with my own life, I also feel a different level of responsibility to them. And that doesn't necessarily jibe on the life timeline either. So it's an, it's something I'm just learning to start navigating to make sure that there's space for both. Mm. I don't, I don't know how to do that yet, Mm. you know? Um, but you know, this comes in so many different forms. Yeah. I think the good thing about that is that you'll probably have a lot of support, you know, whatever you have to do as far as other people that have been through it or who are going through it because it's a natural progression of life you know it's like our elders get older and then they pass away and we take care of them until that happens or make sure they're taken care of in some way so i I think again it's it's uh it's the circle of life you know um isn't there a song yeah do we want to sing it from the lion king (laughs) actually and Johannes cespedes of the mets uses that as his walk-up song when he comes to bat oh okay see i knew that it's funny not in the crowd, like people have little Lion King animals, like stuffed animals when he comes up to bat and pictures and stuff like that when he's playing that song. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's fine. So, um, but yeah, to Sam's point, and we were talking about this during the break, that what I did with looking at those Facebook profiles and what's going on with all these other people and these big lives that they seem to be living. And, you know, I started to beat myself, I started to beat myself up and compare and despair. But then I turned that into inspiration. And I was like, you know what? Like, I realize that life isn't a dress rehearsal, like to remember that. And that if I want to keep enjoying my life, because the main focus of my life is not necessarily to have a million bucks in the bank and have the, you know, the greatest girl by my side. That's great. You know, it's really that I want to feel good about myself and enjoy my life. And then when those things happen, it's just a part of my life, you know, and, and it's, it's something that, you know, I still want to make a home with somebody. I still haven't done that. And, and I do have goals to, to still fulfill my life and desires that I want to fulfill. But at the same time, I really want to feel all right about myself and be able to look in the mirror. And so for me, it's taking something like that and using it well look at their lives and what they're doing and oh i've wanted to do that and maybe i could do that or like i've been talking lately about getting a guitar again and starting to write songs like just instead of saying oh i've wasted all this time or i haven't done this or look how far ahead everybody else is it's saying well that's inspiration for me like sam was saying of things to look forward to 
Like, oh, that's possible. Look, you know, that guy found somebody. If that guy can <laughs> find somebody, I can. If that a-hole found someone, <laughs> then I certainly can. Right. Or just to be like, you know, the fact that it provides inspiration for me to be like, you know what? I need to keep remembering joy. Yeah. I need to keep remembering having fun and that life isn't supposed to be just talking about tough challenges and lessons all the time. It's like there's a time and a place for that. And I think I've done a lot of that in my life where I keep doing that less and I keep talking about positivity and joy and enjoying life more. Yeah, I've definitely had the, you know, the the disease of thinking about my life often more than just living it. It's the John Lennon thing of life is what happens when you're busy making plans. Mm. You know, I have definitely spent a lot of too much time so now um, again the beauty of sort of trying to have a little bit of perspective and ideally some wisdom and life experience is to really relish the moments because there are less of them left it's a finite thing even if we don't know when it's going to happen it's finite and um, so to really appreciate that and be mindful of how you spend every moment and what you know it's a a beautiful sort of um, weeding out system who you spend your time with, the choices you make, the situations you put yourself in, the creative endeavors you choose, you know, all of that really, um, you're right, it can be more kind of inspirational and aspirational than completely dire and and depressing. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, you know, that thing you've been putting off that you've been wanting to do for a while, maybe start doing it. So are you going to give away my secret? That thing you said, you looked at me like, you know what that little that thing is? No, everybody's like got their own thing they're procrastinating on. <laughs> so pick it up and, and maybe start doing it. Yeah. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And welcome back to our final quarter of the Robin Callie show. This evening we are talking about middle age. Let's just say it out loud, everyone. Say it with me. Middle, middle age, age, y'all. Get it, out of the, get it out of our system. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's we, your life doing? We, how's your life doing? I like that question. <laughs> Separate from us as an essence. Well, that's a very deep question. We'll have to have enough. That's a whole conversation. That's a very existentialist question. Um, all right. Now I'm completely sidetracked. So um, Sam, again, um, during the break, because <laughs> you're on a roll tonight, not that you don't, you're not brilliant all the time, but we're talking about just how you never, you know, the comparison thing and looking at other people's lives is a sort of gauge for where we want to be, um, or the amount of work that we put into something and then we feel like, um, it's still not manifesting and maybe we work so much harder to get, you know, I've spent, I've spent so much more time delving into my own psyche and my own self-exploration way more than Joe Schmo over there did that's got five million dollars in the bank and a blissful marriage and two happy healthy kids and yet again we're all on our own rides and so even though we're here walking around this earth as ants next you know side by side it really doesn't come in it doesn't help to to compare and like you just said Sam it's um, you never know, not that we wish other people ill, but you never know what's going on behind closed doors with other people's lives. And the ones that might seem um, the most enviable and admirable aren't necessarily that. So it's all sort of a waste of energy. Right. And what I was saying to Sam is that I think what the show is about tonight is how do you get to the other side of that? You know, yeah. if you're stuck where you feel like, no, but I really feel sorry for myself. Or I really feel like I've done a lot and I, I don't have the life that I want. And you're looking at other people and let's say they are happy. Let's say they're not depressed. Let's say they're not heading towards divorce, which I've seen happen with people, you know, online and stuff. You think everything's great and it's not, but let's say they are happy. What I've been doing is trying to get to the other side of those feelings and being like, well, let me be inspired by it. And also what can I do to change my life? What can I do? Because here's the thing. Here's my thing about this whole topic. As far as creating the life we want, no matter how long it takes or what point in that journey we are is I've found personally that a lot of life is unblocking life. It's about letting life happen. And I think that when I look at people like that, where they have maybe the life that I thought I would have or whatever, it may be that I had more blocks to having a life like that. And that's why it may have taken longer. And that's why it doesn't help to compare myself to other people's timelines, because we all have the work we need to do to allow a good life like that. Yeah. And this is where, um, you know, for me, my spiritual system, my spiritual belief system really comes in handy 
on a lot of days, not enough days. I'm always working on bringing it in, you know, at the times when I need it most. Um, but because I really believe that we are all souls that are here, this earth, you know, this is school and we're here to evolve again in our own individual story as we overlap and orbit with everyone around us that like you know to your point there's things that we have to learn at whatever speed that is and it's almost not our choice on some levels not that we don't have control Mm -hmm. over how much we um you know move through that Mm -hmm. how we move through that um but it might take me 20 years to undo some romantic block where it took somebody else two years or they never had it in the first place right and you're right that and it's a nice reminder for me and for everyone listening is just to continue to try to surrender and let go to what's being presented because life does present itself yeah and it doesn't mean to be passive and sit back and cross your fingers on the couch and you know just smoke cigarettes and eat bonbons all day although for some that's lovely Um, But it just means to be a little bit more gentle with the process and a little bit more accepting of what's being thrown at us because everybody has their challenges and their shit. Right. 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 So it's like if you come from a childhood that was really traumatic and you have a lot of wounds or you've learned patterns that are really screwed up and dysfunctional and you're you're really good unconsciously at keeping people away or protecting yourself from life, it may take a little longer than someone whose parents didn't get divorced or, or everything was much better in their childhood or a little bit easier for whatever reason. Everyone has their own lessons that they're learning in their life. And that's why I think with me, the thing I get angry about is this whole idea about someone saying, well, at a certain age, you can't do this anymore. Like I had someone say to me once, well, you're too old to have kids. Or I had someone say to me once, I don't have any friends who aren't married. Yeah. Like, it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, like, so, it must have been so, very loving. Yeah. So it's like, what? So you, you can't talk to somebody who doesn't have a ring there around their finger and isn't in a, a, a married relationship with children. It's like, like, I, I can't even understand stuff like that. It's like, we're all human beings. And again, the thing I want to remind everybody about tonight, and I feel very strongly about this, obviously, is you are where you are. And that's fine. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks about it. And look up Tony Randall because his sperm was a work in well into his 70s or 80s, right? And there might have even been people, <laughs> at least you men have it easy that way because you can, you know. You can Yo, I don't think this person, yeah, this person wasn't talking about the power the of my sperm or the, the effectiveness <laughs> of my sperm. I think they meant it. It's just like you're just getting too old to even think about yeah, having I know, kids. I know, but I'm saying he was, you know, he was a great example when we were growing up, like 70 or 80 when he had a kid yeah so it's just you know yeah now speaking of that and i'm throwing this in quickly as we you know um get to the the um last few minutes of our show tonight because we haven't really spoken about the physical aspects of being in these middle years you know your body cha- you know you and especially as a woman i mean the topic the taboo topic and i know you guys can both chime in very enthusiastically about this one but it's very rare that women are talking openly about perimenopause and menopausal symptoms and I know so and it's you know it's not the sexiest topic but it's pervasive and every woman if you're lucky enough to continue to live through this decade is going to experience it on some level and yet there's no one really discussing it I have so many friends that are struggling I'm lucky I actually can't speak from too much experience I as I sit here waving (laughs) cooling myself off in this in this hot office you know um but menopause, <laughs> I'm not, I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to repro- I'm going to, I'm going to um, proclaim to the, to everybody that I am not, not in menopause right now. Okay. Um, but, uh, but I do know a lot of women that are struggling through it and, you know, it's just something where I really feel like there's, um, number one, I feel like it should be more of an open topic. There are a lot of men that I know that hold, um, that stigmatize women and just say, Oh, when she turns 30, uh, when she turns 50, she's going to become really nasty and bitchy. So prepare yourself. I actually know a guy who, um, who used to say that about women that turn 50, hmm. which is number one, not necessarily true. Number two, not very supportive. I wonder what his love life was like. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually getting, he's, he's, he's doing pretty well. Is That's he? Uh, that's a, yeah, he's doing pretty well, but that's another story. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I just think that it's something that um, deserves, I, I hate to rush it now, but I think it deserves some, you know, a little bit of um, a little bit of a little bit of love mm-hmm. and a little bit more of a platform for people to talk about more openly and comfortably. Mm-hmm. You know, women still don't have the right resource to go to. They're still sort of secretly asking a doctor or a friend what will help me with X, Y and Z symptoms. And, you know, I bring it up because it's this is a, you know, a huge population of women walking the planet that are in their late 40s and you know to through 50s and are dealing with this you know 
um, I've silenced the room on this super sexy topic, but I just wanted to give it a little bit of, um, you know, a little bit of space. Yeah. Um, but I don't, do you physically, do you feel, I mean, there's menopause. Guys go through that too. Well, Hormonal I, shifts and just having a harder time controlling weight and right. feeling healthy yeah. and energetic. And, you know, again, I'm generalizing because I'm lucky. I feel like I'm 25. Right. But I know a lot of people that struggle in a yeah. different kind of way. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel my age, even physically. But I remember when my uh, my testosterone level dropped significantly when I was in my late 30s or something, and I kind of welcomed it because <laughs> I thought of sex like all I the time. All I was thinking about was getting laid or having yeah. an orgasm. And so when my <laughs> testosterone level dropped, I was like, oh, I can actually think a little bit, you know? So I kind of I kind of welcomed that. I think it was like my mid-30s or something. And, you know, now, you know, I'm in my 40s, and so, yeah, it's like, you know, you gain a couple of extra pounds easier, and you have to go to the gym a little bit more, and you know, chemistry changes and um, metabolism changes. And so, yeah, I got to watch what I eat a little bit more, things like that. And I always find it um, funny when I, I look at any gray hairs in my in my hair. I'm like, wow, that's a gray hair. It's, a, you know, it's a little odd. Um, but yeah, I think it's something to talk about. And I'm glad you talked about it for women because I think maybe some women are ashamed to talk about it, you know? And what we're trying to do is like bring everything into the light. Don't yeah, worry about it. It's not it. a sexy topic too because it suggests that you are, you know, you're past a certain age and you're past child rearing and you're, you're not as, you know, sexually oriented and you're not as, you know, um, attractive. And, you know, there's a lot of stigmas that, again, I don't really believe are true. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's, you know, what a lot of society breeds. Yeah. So I just want to give a little shout out to perimenopause. There you go. Okay. So I wanted the last thing I wanted to bring yeah. up was um, a family friend. My uncle Marty passed away, and he passed away this year. And um, he was this really gregarious guy. And there were lots of things about his life that he loved, and he brought a lot of joy to a lot of people. And um, he actually, um, yeah, he passed away this year, and it was really sad. And I was at the funeral. And I was talking to somebody and they said to me something that has stuck with me and that I've remembered and I'm using in my own middle age. And they said he he kept living in the past. And it's something that I think really haunted him at the end of his life. And the fact that he just couldn't stop looking at the past and move on in his life. And so I've been making use of that ever since. And when I find myself staring at the past or feeling like I'm not in the right place, I just keep kind of looking forward and trying to focus on things that make me feel that there's so much life left to live. Wah, wah. No, no, I'm just kidding. No, that's really, you know, <laughs> that was meant to make you smile. Um, no, that's absolutely, that's beautiful. And it's, and you're, it's a really, really important point. And I do think, um, you know, and it speaks to just really being present and just was that like really depressing or something? I was no, just the way you're getting very, very uh, no, I, no, I was just, it. I was just no, thinking like there's so much life left to live, and yeah, it's like an let's not point. let's not dwell on the past, right? So maybe that's our takeaway then, if we wanted to sort of share yeah. some takeaways, is you know, is to take stock, to be honest about where you're feeling, to you know, about things. It's okay to look back just to get a perspective, but to use the time wisely and as an opportunity to not repeat the same mistakes or regrets number one to let them go so you're not buying into that story so you're not harboring or using that energy in ways that don't serve you anymore and also just to value the time that we do have going forward right to yeah. kind of use our wisdom and our experience to bring us more joy moment and to moment it's all about the joy not all the time but as much as possible what do we enjoy you know maybe once a day write down one thing that you enjoy it's so important whether you're middle-aged or not <laughs> nice wrap up thanks so with that this is the end of another episode of the robin Callie show thanks for joining us everybody take care y'all